So I realized there's so many people out there that are exploring alignment through different lenses. And I want to talk to those people and I want to get their stories out there because I think that if we all find whatever alignment is for ourselves, then we're achieving our highest purpose. And at the risk of sounding incredibly idealistic and cheesy, the world will be a little bit of a better place. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hey there, Tina here. Thank you so much for pressing play and joining me on today's show. On today's show, I have a guest, Kat Frias. But before we go there, I wanted to just thank everyone for all the shout outs from social media when I was at PodFest last week. So if you listen in regular time or live time, as they say, I was at PodFest last week in Orlando. It was my second year and I have to tell you, it was amazing. I got to meet so many podcasters that have been podcasting for quite a long time and then new podcasters and then people that were thinking about creating a podcast. And if you've been listening to me, I am in love with podcasting and I've learned so much. So my head is a little full. I'm still trying to absorb all the information and all the people I met, all the tips and the trades and all of that. But I just wanted to thank you because I did a little experiment and a lot of you reached out to me and really just gave me so much support. I went live at the PodFest. And Mickey Zeta is the host and producer of the Surviving Abuse Network. And we literally found a room and we just experimented. I literally went live on my podcast. I have uh, ability to do that without any editing. It was only four minutes, but I have to tell you, you guys thought it was great. It was fun and it was spontaneous. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. So today's show, my guest is Kat Frias. And we're going to get into talking about veganism. We're going to talk about her background in spirituality and religion and where she is today. She is the host and producer of Roots to Rome podcast. And I have been featured on her podcast. It actually went live. It dropped February 14th, Valentine's Day. Now, Kat is going to speak about how she came to this way of life and how it became such a moment for her to change and become vegan. And I love her story because it really hits on what we speak about, the aha moments, that intuitive hit when everything shifts and everything changes. She also talks about alignment. And if you remember, that is my word for the year. She didn't know that. So we talk about alignment. We talk about being in alignment. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, Kat. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. Hey, Tina. How's it going? It's awesome. I'm so glad to have you on. I know. Me too. I'm so glad we've been able to swap places here. It was great to chat with you on Roots to Rome a couple weeks ago, and I'm happy to be talking to you again. Absolutely. Well, we had so much fun. We had to, uh, I had to get you back on here. Yeah, I know. We had such a great conversation. It actually just came out today. So pretty cool to, to listen to that again. Yes. Yeah, so if you're listening in live time, we had your episode dropped on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's yes. Day to you. Yes, you too. <laughs> I always love Valentine's Day. Do you like yeah. Valentine's Um, I, I don't know. I think like it's a fun kind of celebration to just like 
I don't know, like be cute and all that. But I really like Valentine's Day now because on this day last year, we adopted our dog. So now Valentine's Day has like a really special significance because it's our dog anniversary adoption. So it's it's always a special day. (laughs) I love that. That's so good. I always Uh, liked Valentine's Day. My mom, I had uh, two sisters, so I was the oldest of three girls. And my mom would do these really cute things. We'd get back home from school and she would always have on our bed like candy and a card. And I don't know if you remember, a little embarrassing, but do you remember when you were a little girl, maybe those like underwears with the things on the butt that they were like really cute sayings. They weren't (laughs) like the bad sayings. They were like just red hearts. And I was like so excited to come home from school to get my Valentine gift. Oh my gosh. No, I never saw those. (laughs) That's so cute though. We would always do those. Like you'd go to school, you'd buy these things at like Walgreens or like a, any old store and you'd stick a little piece of candy on it and then you'd give one out to everyone in your class. So we would always do that at school on Valentine's day and everyone would bring these little Valentines with like a candy. So that was always fun, but we never, I guess I never really celebrated Valentine's day, like as any sort of big thing, like, I don't really care to get flowers. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's not sustainable. And then I get really existential about the whole thing. (laughs) Well, that's true. And I know we're going to, we're going to get to that talking to the conversation today. (laughs) Before we go there, I would love the listeners to get a little snapshot of where you are when you were a little girl. So if you were brought up religious or spiritual or both. So I grew up My family is from Latin America, from Colombia, and everyone in Latin America is Catholic. So by default, we were Catholic too. I went to Catholic school for 12 years and we grew up going to church like every weekend. But no one in my family is actually particularly religious. I think we just sort of went to church because that's what you're supposed to do. And I think having spent those formative years in Catholic school, I suppose I have to admit that I developed a bit of an aversion to religion. I, you know, as soon as I no longer had to go to church anymore, I was like, I am out of here. I'm not coming back. So I've never felt connected to religion. I've never been religious. And it's been a tricky thing to decouple religion and spirituality because for so long those two were so intricately tied together in the way that I was brought up and and in school. And only in the past couple of years, and especially through my yoga practice, have I started to understand how spirituality can be different from religion and that it's okay. And I kind of get like, I don't know, the mention of religion to me is like, oh, no, it just reminds me of like having to go to religion class at school and and having to sit through things that I just never understood or connected to. And I guess as an adult, I'm now slowly starting to dip my feet back into spirituality as its own thing. And I think about it as like the universe, source energy, whatever you want to call it. I don't really think about God per se or Jesus or any of those figures that that were present in my upbringing. But I do believe that there's something bigger than just ourselves out there. And and I want to believe that because otherwise life is very strange and confusing without it. Yeah. And I get this a lot. I think the majority of women that I speak to and spiritual leaders and teachers like yourself have had that very, that upbringing, that upbringing that was maybe built on a religion or it's just the thing that they kind of were born into and then finding themselves or creating their own spirituality and having that sense there is something bigger and greater, whatever you may call it, universe, light, 
anything, God, some people do. And then there is this connection. So it's interesting how I think they said recently that there's more and more people that are really adopting this spirituality and leaving this religion behind because it's truly this institution, right? Everyone sees it as this very judgmental, just depend, even there's so many religion, but it's moving away from that and moving more into spirituality. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, that's really, that institution I think is the thing that really for so long has put me off. And, and I admit I've had to check a lot of my own biases against religion over the years. And my husband helps keep it real with me because now we live as of a year and a half ago, we live in North Carolina and I grew up in California near San Francisco, perhaps the most liberal and non-religious place you could ever find. And in my circle back home, admittedly religion is a bit of a taboo. It's not, you know, it's not cool to go to church. It's not something that you talk about. If you do go to church, you don't tell people about it. And I don't, I, maybe I have one friend who goes to church, but if I have more, they, they certainly don't advertise it. And so you come here to the South and it's an entirely different culture around religion. And someone, when I first moved to the South, they said like, get ready for people to ask you like, not what gym do you go to, but what church do you go to? It's like, it's almost like everyone goes to church, there's church everywhere. And so I've really had to check myself a lot because that idea of institution and often like in the media, it's portrayed as being a very hateful institution, that's that's sort of the image that I've had being on the West Coast. And so coming here, I've had to realize it's not a bad thing. And many people find a lot of great things in their life through religion and through church or through whatever spiritual practice they partake in. And I'm learning to be okay with it, but it's like undoing like years of being spoon fed something that just never felt right. And, and then having to craft this like alternative path where spirituality is once again, okay and safe. And it's not this like terrible, bad thing. You know, I can understand that because I think that a lot of people in different communities, it builds the community. So where I can understand where they feel that connection, they have that strength, they have that a place to go to. And in one way, right, we don't want to judge that either. Right. So it's it's like, we have to look at both sides of the coin. Yeah. And some of the best people that I know in the world just happen to be religious because that's where they're able to find their inspiration for being good people. And so I think that religion ultimately isn't a bad thing. I think it teaches us a lot of great, it doesn't matter what religion you are. I think they're all essentially the same. They're all teaching us just how to be good people. And many of the really, really fantastic people that I know go to church. And so I have to check that and say, okay, well, you know, religion isn't all just hate. They're like some of the best people I know are religious and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as we move into, you know, your later years and maybe take us through a little bit, sort of how you got to where you are today and your a little bit about you and about the podcast. So, you know, bring the listeners up to date a little bit just to, to know about you. Yeah. So right now I have my podcast, Roots to Rome, which seeks to explore truth and finding wellness through the lens of living your life in alignment with your values. And that theme became particularly important in my life, I'd say around two years ago. 
let's see, where do I even begin in this story? It's sort of like all these elements just sort of come together in this one big sort of aha moment. But I'd say that one of the biggest moments that really defined this idea of living in alignment with your values was when I became vegan. I had always considered myself an animal lover as much as most people probably do. Like I had pets and so therefore I love animals. What's not to love? Um, I wasn't going out of my way to like save animals or do anything in particular, but what's wrong with animals? They're great. And two years ago, I, and, and I have, I have pets of my own and grew up with dogs. And, and so two years ago I came home from work as I normally do. And I open my door. My cats are waiting for me as usual, just like standing by the door, meowing and being excited that I'm home. And for some reason, it was as if going back to that idea of like spirituality or the universe, like literally I felt like the universe like snapped its fingers and my eyes just opened for the first time. And I saw my cats and I suddenly made the connection between loving my pets and caring for them and wanting the best for them and that they were not so different from the chicken that was in my fridge that I was about to cook for dinner that night. And it was this like big, big, big moment. I, I think I probably spent the entire night just crying and holding my cats and just like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I've been so blind. And it really was just like in an instant and it wasn't even like a decision. I just sort of I, I couldn't go back to eating meat. It, for some reason, I just completely woke up in that moment. And so I've been vegan ever since. And my realization along that journey was that I hadn't been living in alignment with my values up until that point. I had been thinking that I was an animal lover, thinking that I am a compassionate, kind, nonviolent person, that I want the best for people and that I care about you know, our planet and that I care about animals and I'm not a murderer. I like don't want animals to be killed. I would never kill one myself. Like I have all these ideas of who I am. And then my behaviors were absolutely not matching up with that. And that realization was really hard to come to because it meant that either I had to continue to lie to myself to maintain my behaviors or I had to change. And that's not easy to do and it's not fun. And it takes a lot of soul searching and looking at yourself and saying like, am I living the life that I believe I should be living? And the answer to that was no. So I had to change and I did. Um, and so that became sort of the basis for which so much in my consciousness has has shifted. It has all become around alignment. Are the things that I'm doing, are they aligned with the person that I want to be, the things that I care about? And sometimes those things are hard to really understand. Like I didn't realize that those were values of mine until that moment. But through yoga and through meditation and through building these habits of self-reflection, you start to develop the ability to look at yourself and see your true self, like self with a capital S and recognize like, does this match up? Yes or no? If no, then like, what do I need to do to change? And so that has been a transformational journey in my own self-discovery. And so through the podcast, through Roots to Rome, I seek to explore that concept in different ways. So like I chatted with you and we talked about intuition and that's, you know, such a huge part in, you know, my own story. It's that feeling of like, I just knew. And, you know, I've talked to Chinese medicine practitioners who help us kind of achieve 
physical and mental wellness so that we can achieve that clarity and alignment of self. And I talk a little bit about veganism and I talk about yoga and all the different ways in which we can continue to explore ourselves, to get to know ourselves a little bit better and understand where we may be out of balance in order to bring ourselves back into that alignment. And you know, what's so interesting is, well, as you're saying the word alignment, that was my word for the year. So as you're saying, it's, yeah, it's impactful. It's very impacting because I always like to choose a word for the year and there's a lot, there's some parts that I know they're out of alignment. So I'm working to redirect and realign. So as you're saying, it's being reinforced and reinforced and that part of, it's that part of waking up. It's that part of being authentic. And as you're talking, because I, I see a lot of pictures and clairvoyantly, I see you walking in and opening the door and seeing your two cats and then having that aha moment, that awakeness. Up until that point, did you think about going vegan or was it in your subconscious or it really was that moment where everything just shifted? It was all of the above. I had been on like a health, so kind of to back up way long ago, I, and just in terms of like food and health, cause that's where this whole thing really started for me. I grew up as any like teenager in America would. And my parents are healthy. My sister and I joke that they're a million times healthier than we are. We well at home. But then I went to college and it was like, all bets are off. And it was like cereal and pizza. And I just didn't know how to feed myself. And I was really unhealthy. And, and then at some point, just in one of those, like, wow, I feel really awful right now. I should probably get my stuff together. Started thinking more about nutrition and health and learning to cook and all that. And so I kind of like have been on this journey of learning about nutrition and health for a long, long, long time. And along the way, I encountered this idea of a plant-based diet. And so for the five years before 2016, so for, I guess, somewhere around seven years ago, I started thinking about, oh, like plant-based diet. I hear that's pretty good for you. And I watched a documentary called Forks Over Knives. Mm. And, you know, and so I was, you know, I was interested and I would go plant-based for a couple of weeks and then I would cave in and just eat a burger and then forget about it for a while. And so it was like this on off thing. And I was curious, but I wasn't ready to change. I wasn't really ready to give anything up. I just, it was just about health. It was just like, I just want to be healthy and it's just a diet. So it really wasn't a huge deal for me at the time. And the question of animals never came up for me, at least not consciously. So back Mm -hmm. to your question of like whether or not it was subconscious, I think it was always subconsciously there in that, in that sort of big gigantic aha moment that I had two years ago, it was almost as if my, (laughs) this is going to sound so cheesy, but like my whole life just sort of flashed in front of me. And I saw myself at these different moments in my life that I had long forgotten. For example, I remembered, and I, I hadn't remembered this in years, but I remember and a moment when I was probably 10 and it was New Year's Eve and my parents brought home some fresh lobster for us to cook at home. And so they were alive and my sister and I were playing with these lobsters and giving them names and, you know, they're alive. They're like moving the little hands. And then my dad with his incredibly dark sense of humor just grabs like Larry, the lobster. And he's like, all right, Larry, time for the jacuzzi and puts him in the boiling water. And I remember at that age, I didn't understand really the concept of life and death yet. It was just too big, but I knew that 
Larry would somehow soon be dead and that was not okay. And I was really upset and I didn't eat dinner that night. My parents were mad at me because they wasted all the money on the lobster. And I was like, no, I can't eat this. Like you killed him. And I had these little moments like that throughout my life, but they're so small and you're young. And, you know, it's one of those things where like, I'm upset about the food and my parents like well-intentioned are like, honey, it's okay. It's just a lobster. It's not a big deal. Like it's just, just eat. And so you kind of get these ideas sort of reinforced, like animals, their lives are less worthy than mine. And so you, you just quickly forget because it's easier than actually trying to make a big deal out of it when you're 10 and you don't even know what you're feeling. And so these like little moments of consciousness like would appear throughout my life, but I had forgotten about them. I'd suppressed them entirely. And in that moment, I hadn't really been thinking about animals at all until I watched a documentary. And I've, I've seen you accidentally stumble across like a slaughterhouse video on YouTube. Oh, like I, I think everyone has seen those. Like it's we know horrible. what goes, it's yeah. horrible. horrible. And we all have seen those accidentally or someone like sends it to you as a joke or whatever. Like we've all seen those videos and we know it's ugly. We don't want to see it. So it's not like I didn't know. It's not like I, I was naive. Like I'm as aware as everyone else that like this meat comes from some place that I probably wouldn't want to see. And so it caught me off guard that I watched this documentary. I've watched a million, like it's, I love watching documentaries and this was just one of many and I wasn't really expecting anything of it. And I watched it while I was like on a bus on my computer. Like I wasn't really like committed to, to learning something new and changing my life. I was just sort of like, well, this looks interesting. So I watched this documentary called Earthlings and Little did I know, it's incredibly powerful, incredibly graphic. And so I was moved by that and I was really upset because it's ugly and awful. And so watching that and exposing myself to that truth and like forcing myself to watch that, I think created a big enough crack in my foundation for me to be able to arrive home and see my cats and finally let that light in. Mm, wow. That is powerful. That's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. It's so interesting because as you're, as you're saying that even about the lobsters, I remember a very similar story and I'm not vegan or vegetarian just so you know, but I do remember that, you know, I haven't, I haven't remembered that in a long time and they were all crawling on our kitchen floor. And, and then I remember them going into the pot and I think I even remember like a hissing sound or something. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like now that I'm remembering this and I really love lobster. So thanks a lot, Kat. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I'm only kidding. But you're right. I can, I can see. And I think the other thing that you were talking about was I think at 10 years old, you don't think there is any other way. It's like, it's sort of like the religion thing. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody eats lobster, everybody eats meat and burgers and chicken. So you don't have a choice. And until exactly. we realize later on in life that, oh, wow, I have a choice and I have a choice to, for my beliefs and I have a choice for my food and I have a choice for where my food comes from. And I think it's all about that evolving. And, and I love that word alignment because when you feel that you're out of alignment and you keep doing the things that keep you out of alignment, it's just a dark, scary place. And you're yeah. constantly in the cycle of kind of feeling like an imposter, like just yeah. feeling like a fraud and feeling like an imposter. And yeah. it's so, it's so interesting. You know, I, I always have this, especially I think as yoga teachers and spiritual teachers, there's also this other judgment. And this is the other part of it where, because I'm not a vegetarian, I could be judged for that. 
But then if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you could be judged for that. So it's like yeah. still has to be a place of non-judgment. And exactly. we, we judge all the time. So it really comes down to what's, how do we live and show up for ourselves? And then who are we, right? Who are we? And, and really there can be judgment with so many things. So it's like coming away from that judgment, but letting it be okay. It's okay that you're who you are and I'm okay who I am. And, and I think that the world is just right now in so much of that judgment and we could have a whole show on judgment, but I can't say that I don't walk around and, and have judgment. I work really hard to, but it's just in your, it's sometimes just in your consciousness. Like you, yeah. you, you judge this, you judge that. Why did that person say that? Why did that person wear that? That, you know, and I'm like, wow, when you really start to become aware of it, I realize that it's just been so inbred. So I have to undo a lot of that, but I guess it must feel as much as I'm sure this was difficult at some, you know, just making the shift. There must be this sense of peace and awareness from within that you are living again, that alignment and that you feel authentic and you're living authentically, right? You're not fighting it anymore. Right. Yes. That's, that is exactly, that's so spot on. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts, but yes, like, so that, that day that I came home from work and had this, I literally had a meltdown and I was crying and just like, it, it was, I felt like an enormous grief for like suddenly having realized like my entire life's actions just like culminating to this one really almost catastrophic moment. And it felt really heavy and I felt really sad and I felt really awful. And I was like, I can't believe I've lived my whole life blind and blah, blah, blah. And then the next morning I woke up and I had already like thrown out all the, or like given away the food that I wasn't going to be eating anymore. And so I woke up the next day and it was just like, it was so peaceful and it was so quiet. And I went to go make my breakfast and instead of making eggs, I I don't know, I probably made oatmeal or something. And it was just like, and I could look at my animals and like suddenly like this, this latent quiet guilt that I didn't even know that I had had just lifted. And it felt as though both I had found my own personal peace. It felt so tranquil and easy, but it also felt like I had finally allowed my heart to open. And I didn't realize that it was so closed until I shattered it. Like I didn't realize that I was protecting myself from all sorts of ideas and yes, judgments because before I was vegan and and I'm, I'm still, I still judge people on a daily basis and I don't even realize it. But like before I was vegan, I judged vegans and I thought people who were like animal rights activists were crazy. And (laughs) like, I had all these like ideas of people and then I suddenly became one and I realized like, what am I doing? Like judging people or thinking that people are doing things the wrong, like I'm on this path of like awakening and I can finally just, I don't know, maybe there's something about judgment that protects us from ourselves. Like we can use judgment as a way to avoid looking at ourselves and putting it on other people because I judged, like there was something about other vegans and animal rights activists that like made me so mad. Mm. And looking at it now, I realize that's cognitive dissonance. That's me looking at them and 
recognizing a piece of myself in them, but being so far removed from that reality that instead of approaching them and and that idea and that movement with like curiosity or interest or whatever, I, it would make me so angry and defensive. And it's, it's comical now because I realize like, oh, I was just protecting myself from what was already there. The fact that I have a big heart and I don't want to cause harm to animals or people or anyone. And like, that's okay. And it's safe to do that. And it's safe to, you know, live your life with a little bit more love and compassion in your actions. And it makes you vulnerable. And that's really scary because suddenly you have to admit to people that you love animals. And for some reason, that's a really scary thing to do. I guess our society just doesn't value them as something that we should care about. But yeah, like, and you touched on something earlier, like about, um, about fraud and feeling like an imposter. Like I I think of, I think that like connects directly to that idea of cognitive dissonance because it's that same sort of like you're out of alignment and your behaviors are one thing and your beliefs are another. And if those two things are not in alignment, then you end up usually changing or forcing yourself to change your beliefs in order to align with your habits because change is really hard. And so you feel like you're living in someone else's life and you don't really notice because I mean, if I had noticed that earlier, I would have changed earlier, but it's so subtle. It's so incredibly subtle, but you don't notice it until it's gone. And that the next day I could breathe. I could like, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like to be me. Wow. I didn't know. And so it's this like really subtle shift, but once it does shift, it's incredibly powerful. That's amazing. I always, I don't even have to ask you the question because I ask a lot of the, a lot of my listeners, the question is what is one aha moment or an intuitive moment that you listened to your voice and you changed? And Mm -hmm. this is obviously it. It seems very pivotal and that your whole, your whole existence, your whole inner being really shifted from that point. So, I mean, there, there it is right there, that listening to your aha moment, that moment where you became awake, that moment that you realize, and then the next morning realizing that you've shed that layer of yourself that you were protecting or afraid of and all that judgment. And it's like they say, you know, when we judge other people, we're judging ourselves because we're afraid and it's the mirror. It's having that mirror of that other person. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, yoga has played such a huge role in this, both explicitly and implicitly and subconsciously. Like I don't always realize the effects of yoga until much, much later, but I can look at my practice and, and genuinely see how it has changed since that shift before becoming vegan. I was already very much into yoga. I'd been practicing for a long time, but then I became vegan and started really asking these questions like, oh my goodness, what have I been missing my whole life? Like there's so much out there that I have been blind to. And it's like, it's, it's almost like you finally take the red pill in the matrix and it's like, wow, (laughs) there's this whole other reality that I didn't even realize. And like, I've just been living this like blissful ignorance and like, that's not fun. I don't, I don't like thinking of myself as ignorant. And, um, and so you, you kind of like want to seek more. And in yoga, one thing that I've noticed is that I allow myself to feel so much more when I'm in class. I have had so many moments in the last two years where I am in Shavasana and I'm actually crying and that probably happens to people, but maybe, I don't know if that happens often or not, but I like, I'm I'm there and it's like, 
I was previously so afraid of feeling, of like feeling anything whatsoever. It's like emotions are scary and they're big and they're really tough to handle. And like crying is like this very vulnerable thing. And it's like to be laying there in Shavasana and allow yourself to just like be with self and allow the emotions to flow through you. It's really powerful. And I believe entirely that that channel was made open to me in that moment. And because I chose to listen and chose to act on it because I I could have, I suppose, taken that aha moment and, and ignored it. I mean, I had many tiny aha moments that I ignored for my entire life, but this one just felt so big. And like I said, that crack in my foundation was just opened. And so, you know, your heart opens and you allow yourself to feel things and it can be scary. It can be strange. You're like in yoga and you're like, why am I feeling these feelings? Oh my gosh, what is this? But it helps you connect so much deeper with your own practice and with your own life and with that feeling of self. And it's a beautiful and it's an empowering thing. And it can be scary, but I have never been more grateful for any moment that has brought me to my knees more than that one. Yeah. Well, you know, and thank you so much for sharing that because it is a, yeah. it is a really deep moment. It's also very vulnerable for you to share it because when we share these things that have really shifted, that have really changed our life, that for us was extremely powerful. We're opening up again to who we are and moving away from, you know, knowing that this is what works for us and, and then just allowing. And, you know, even in that moment of Shavasana, I mean, I think as yoga teachers, I was always taught to hold the space. And so when people are upset or if they're crying, as long as they're okay, you know, I may go over, I don't, they need to know that the space is there and that they're in a safe space. And as long as I always say to all my, all my students in every class, you could come here and you could sit or you can lay in Shavasana or you could stay in child's pose the entire 90 minutes or whatever it is. And that's okay because maybe you just need to be in the space. And I've had students that are crying on their mat in Shavasana or have gotten very upset and they're like, you know, change position or they're just seated or maybe they feel a little nauseous. And as long as, you know, I go over, are you okay? But it's not about trying to fix them. As long mm-hmm. as they're physically okay, right? And they're not in any pain or injury, they are there and I'm holding space for them. And I think that's part of the practice of yoga, the, the part of being in community, the part of having the teacher and having the community hold the space so that if there is tears or if there is emotions coming up, it's safe. And, yeah. you know, I think that's all part of us being a human being and being in this life that we are in. I mean, life is not easy and how we feel it and how we navigate through it is really what we can shift and change and be the best person that we can. You know, it's like, it's like taking, it's every morning getting up and having that intention to do the next right, best action. We're not always going to, but we have the intention to do the best that we can. And, and I think that, you know, your story, it can relate with many people because a lot of people have had a shift and then it's just really allowing that shift to occur and allowing that to become part of who they are. And I know that, you know, leading up to, and I want the listeners, you know, just give us a little, I'm sure that's how your podcast has kind of birthed. So can you give us a little backdrop to how the podcast came to be? And so now that you're able to be on a platform and be able to share your message, and also I know you interview many other women and people, and I was, you know, I had the pleasure to be on, maybe share a little bit of that and how that podcast has 
opened up for you, kind of your next step and your next journey? Yeah. So when I, I toyed around with this idea of having a podcast for a long time, like I've played with having a blog and I just like, I don't know. I haven't like found my medium yet. And, and my husband actually started a podcast. And so I was like, Hey, that looks fun. Maybe I should do one too. But it took me a long time to actually get it started. And I have like, am I on and off co-host my friend Madeline, who we worked on this for a while together. And we were like, Oh yes, let's do this. Let's do this. But the entire time that I was thinking about like, what should this podcast be? I thought, well, you know, my, a big a huge part of my story obviously is veganism, but the, the like emotional and sort of self-alignment side of that. But I knew from the beginning that I didn't want it to be a vegan podcast because for me, like I think I said earlier, like veganism is one like vehicle for self-discovery, but it's not everything in my life. Um, despite the fact that it's so huge and I had this huge sort of epiphany around it, it's, you know, it's not everything that I think about all the time. I have so many other things that I care about and there's so much else in the world that needs to be explored and within ourselves. And I wasn't really sure where to go with this. And then I realized like one notch down from there is not like veganism. It's not about food. It's not about like, you know, where to get the best like tempeh. It's about alignment. And so that's where that was sort of my small epiphany around the podcast was like, this isn't just a vegan podcast. This isn't just like how to be vegan. This is how to find alignment. And it is about telling the stories of people that have done that or talking to people like yourself who have an expertise in something that can help us achieve that alignment. And alignment can be called anything. Like it doesn't have to be called alignment. It can be called self-actualization. It can be called like your higher purpose. It could be called, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. So I, and there are so many other topics that I wanted to explore outside of veganism because something else that I'm super, super passionate about is the environment. And that was another huge factor in my deciding to become vegan. But that sort of came later, like as an added bonus, the environmental impacts of eating meat. And so I was like, okay, well, I feel good that I'm not contributing as much to, you know, global warming and all that. And I have been incredibly interested, for example, in the zero waste movement. And I'm trying to learn as much as I can about reducing my own waste in the world. And there's a couple people out there who are as passionate about veganism, about zero waste as I am about veganism. And they talk about it. Like for example, Lauren Singer from Trashes for Tossers. I am such a fangirl. She talks about, she was an environmental studies major in college and she's always considered herself an environmentalist until she looked at her life and realized she wasn't acting like one. And so she made a change in her life to align herself with her values. And she uses the exact same language that I use. And I realized, oh, so this is something that can be applied to anything. It's not just about becoming vegan. It's just about becoming your highest self. Oh, it's about that. finding That's that great. alignment. Yeah. So she, she's she been able to achieve her life's purpose by aligning herself with her values of environmentalism. And then I realized that there's all sorts of people out there. There's people who just completely don't want to be a part of like our financial crisis in the country. So rather than spending all of their money and being stuck in a mortgage for 30 years and having this giant house, they've said, you know what? I don't need that. I want experiences and adventure instead. And so people, there's like this whole movement around tiny houses. And it's these people who've aligned their lifestyle with their value of 
freedom. And so I realized there's so many people out there that are exploring alignment through different lenses. And I want to talk to those people and I want to get their stories out there because I think that if we all find whatever alignment is for ourselves, then we're achieving our highest purpose. And at the risk of sounding incredibly idealistic and cheesy, the world will be a little bit of a better place. Like <laughs> I really do believe that. And so and I think that feels like such an important mission and conversation that needs to be had. Um, and so that's what I seek to explore in Roots to Rome. I love that. I love that. And you know what? It's so many of us are learning more and more. And a lot of it is just becoming aware, just really becoming aware. And I like that. I like the fact that, you know, you wanted a little bit of a broader topic in the sense that it wasn't just about veganism, but it was about the alignment and ended the environment and how things came to you. And, you know, thank you so much for all that you do because you're bringing out so much of other people speaking up and speaking of what moves them and shapes them and really, again, helps our earth and helps us as people and just helps us as human beings. So, and I, and I, you know, I can say it's cheesy too, but I believe that I believe each person has a gift and each person has a way to really make this life a better life, a better existence for themselves and for others and on the planet. Yeah. I mean, really. So yeah, as cheesy as it is, I agree with you. So <laughs> well, it's we- like, what else can we, you know, aspire to in life? It's like at, at the very least, if we're each individually working on ourselves, then our own individual, like personal lives will be improved and that's good enough and that's fine. And like, if that's the only thing that gets accomplished out of this, and then that's fantastic. Like if we're all just like 1% better than we were yesterday, like that's wonderful. And like, shouldn't we also be striving for the biggest maximum impact that we can have? I mean, we only have one opportunity to be on this planet. And, you know, if there's any hope for future generations, then we actually really do need to be kind of aiming big because there's a lot that's wrong in the world and there's a lot that's good in the world. And we need to bring out a little bit more of that good. Oh, I love that. I love it. Where can people find you? They can find me at rootstorome.com and the podcast is on iTunes and Google and Stitcher. Um, and it's called Roots to Rome. You can also find me mostly on Instagram. Um, I'm more on there than on other social media. I still haven't figured out Twitter, but I'm working on it. So at Roots to Rome on Instagram. And I also have a Facebook group for people who maybe listen to the podcast or even people who don't, people who are seeking, um, seeking some type of truth and some type of wellness in their own life. And so that's facebook.com slash groups slash roots to Rome or my Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash roots to Rome. So anywhere around the internet roots to Rome and the podcast of course is called roots to Rome. I love it. So, well, thank you so much. I love this conversation. We can have so many more and yes. I, I know we will. So I believe we will. Thank you so much for having me Tina. You're it's welcome. such a pleasure to chat with you again. Yes, you too. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the Intuitive Women podcast. I just want to let you guys know, because not everybody knows this, that you can work with me personally. So if you would like to work with me, and you can do this in person if you're close to my community or online, I want you to go check out my website, tinaconroy.com. I have a lot of different offerings and I get this a lot through the podcast. People don't know how to connect with me. So perhaps it's time for a reading. That's an intuitive guidance reading. I do that through Skype or Zoom and you get the recording and it's half hour or hour readings. And it really taps into 
finding and creating some clarity for you, some guidance. I tap into my spirit guides and I like to say it's a psychic reading, but it's more about you tuning into what you need and validation. So it's a phenomenal way for you to just get clarity on different life choices. Also, I do do Reiki in person and distantly. I know that's a little interesting if you're not sure about Reiki, but Reiki is no time or place. So we can set up a Reiki session anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, really. Just contact me and do that. And then I always have some group coaching courses and one-on-one clients. And in my one-on-one coaching clients, I work in the six-week or in the four-week program and I tailor the program for you. Again, if you're in person, it might be some hands-on work. If it's not in person, distant healing. And we work on mindset. We work on spiritual ritual, meditation, and mindfulness. And I teach mindfulness as well. So there's four-week and six-week programs, but just go check it out. I want you to know there's a way to connect with me. So tinaconroy.com. And again, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Have a great day. 